1: First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Philip Zach Browns and
0: Commanders, do you think that Cleveland's going
1: to fire Kevin Stefanski at the end of the year? No, I don't, but I think it has a chance to happen if Watson does not like him, and Watson has not looked good since coming back the last four weeks. I think he will be back next year, but that seat will be on fire in Cleveland. They've badly underachieved the last. I
0: mean, I actually I, let me let me rephrase that. Last year they definitely did, and they tried to write it off as Mayfield's injury. Mm-hmm. This year, they're probably going to finish in last place again, and they're going to say, "Well, it's because Deshaun Watson missed the first eleven games." There's too well, much talent in that roster. They should exactly, be exactly, and that gets back to like, all right. Everybody makes fun of Mike McCarthy. He had to play Cooper Rush for five games, and they just won 11 games. The 49ers are on their third quarterback. They've clinched the NFC West.
1: But don't even like, reach for the Stars, Pony. Like those. How about be like the Jets or be like the Lions? Bingo. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to be a 12-win team when you don't have Deshaun Watson, but – you you could have been a little bit better in the last few weeks. I know the carries have been in the low 20s for Nick Chubb, but it seems like they're trying to force too much to Sean Watson and they're not doing the simple stuff, which is give the ball to one of the better running backs in the league a lot more times. And I don't think it helps Stefanski that Mayfield,
0: even though he's a year removed, he goes to LA and he plays much better with like zero no time. prep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So, I mean, I think it's, hey, they gave the guy $230 million guaranteed. Like, it grosses me out in one respect that if Deshaun Watson doesn't like Kevin Stefanski, he has enough sway there to get the guy fired.
1: But But he has all the power. That's probably the reality. (laughs) In the the most effed up situation with everything that went on with him. He has all the power in that organization. And if he doesn't and, like the that's so the way he get fired. And so they will
0: continue to be a disaster of an organization for decades to come. Uh, Jets and Seahawks. Zach, what becomes of Zach Wilson? What happens to him?
1: He is now in the Sam Darnold category. Well, he will be somewhere else next year. And I know Sam Darnold is... How does that happen, though? What,
0: what do you... In terms of what? Like, how do the Jets move on from him? They just trade him for like,
1: you, a day you take three back pick? A, a a pack of saltines or something. What whatever you get back. Wow. For for Zach Wilson, he's done. I, other than, and I know it's a different sport. Other than Edwin Diaz, if you're in New York and you fail and you're the punchline to every joke, you don't come back from it. And next year, the Jets who have a a good roster. They have some solid pieces, obviously, with Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, um, Elijah Vera, Tucker coming back from injury. Brees Hall, uh, Quinn and Williams. They're going to go and probably ask Jimmy G to be their quarterback. Maybe it's Derek Carr, which are not franchise quarterbacks, but competent quarterback play. And if they had a competent quarterback play against New England, you know, um, against some of these other teams that they played you know, down the stretch, they probably would have had the inside track of getting to the playoffs this year. Well, I, I, I hate
0: to, you know, this is, I think a lot of people are doing, it, and I told you so, because I, I never understood the Wilson pick from the very beginning. You know, this is going to be one of those things, much like we saw with Trubisky going ahead of who was it? Was it Watson Was it Mahomes in that draft, I want to say, when he went second overall? Both. Right. Like, okay, explain to me. We all watch fields at Ohio State. Explain to me how the Jets thought this guy at BYU who played nobody, they played an easy schedule in a COVID year, and he had only one good year. Explain this pick again to me. Not just the Jets.
1: Not just the Jets. The 49ers as well. They could have had Justin Fields with the third overall pick. Well, and I, and of course, of course
0: they could have. But they don't, but like the Niners, because of their success, having gone to two NFC championship games, yeah, it's a miss. It's like when the Pistons picked Darko yeah. over Chris Bosh and Carmelo Anthony. But okay, you're winning championships. You're a great team. The
1: 49ers almost get a pass because of that. The Jets do. don't. No, the, the Jets, Jets do not. Do not. And, and you know what the craziest part is? How quickly they decided that it was going to be Zach Wilson. Because we all knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be the number one overall pick. Then it was, okay, Zach Wilson, he's he's going to be a first-round pick. And then, all right, Mac Jones is having a, a Heisman Trophy type of year at Alabama. And Justin Fields was having a sensational season at Ohio State. Okay, people are hearing about Trey Lance, even though he, he wasn't playing. So how quickly it was for about a month and a half leading up to the draft. Once he had that pro day, everyone said, okay, that's your second overall pick. So it's, it's crazy how, well, I guess it's not crazy because it's the Jets, but it is still crazy how quickly they zeroed in on Zach Wilson. I don't think
0: LA would be good for him just based on what we know about the guy and everything else. Because I think like if he got into say the Ram system and he was Stafford's backup next year. I think that that could work for him, but I also would not want to have him maybe in a place like Los Angeles. So I'm trying to think of like a boring city where he could just sit as a backup. Like Kansas city would be great. I Like it'd be great if he could just watch Patrick Mahomes for a year or two and then just. Well, I'm glad you bring up there. Kansas
1: city because this actually answers your question. Every year in the draft, because we're all fascinated about finding the next Patrick Mahomes, someone gets the tab of, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but if everything works, he could be 65% of Patrick Mahomes. That's what Zach Wilson was. People are like, this guy could be 65% of Patrick Mahomes, so that's why he ended up being the second overall pick. That would be my answer to you on that one. So, I don't know where he ends up, but to your
0: point, it probably will not be, he's done in New York. I don't yeah. see any way he, re, re, he rehabs his image there. Jaguars and Texans. Should Jacksonville
1: sit starters in this game? Trevor Lawrence included? I don't, and I know that this is going to sound hypocritical because of the whole Doug Peterson thing when he was going for the, the better draft pick and then didn't even get yep. to see that because he got fired. I don't think, if guys are hurt, I don't think you force them to play. But... I think this year is more about just making the playoffs for Jacksonville as well. I think you're also trying to build a culture now. Getting to the postseason does help there. I believe if, with the way that I know Doug Peterson a little bit from my time covering in Philadelphia, I would think that they're going to play their guys this weekend. And then if it gets out of hand where they're just dominating, kicking the crap out of the Texans, then they'll start to pull some guys. They'll be strategic. It'll be like a mixture of both.
0: So I hate that. I hate having one foot in one and the other in another. I, I don't like that. I think you got to pick a side. I always run it through this filter. If Trevor Lawrence got injured in this game, could you justify it? And my yeah, answer is no. Mm-hmm. So he can't. He can't play him. And so I know what he but, said. But let me just
1: throw it to you the other way. Let's say you don't play Trevor Lawrence, and then next week he, he looks rusty. What are we then going to say? He should have played him in week 17. Yeah, so it's, I, it's like you never win on this one.
0: Well, yeah, but I I, I – See, I don't look at it like that. I think when the Colts and some of these teams would rest guys, it would be for multiple weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're
0: talking two, three weeks of not really yeah, one playing a here. game that mattered. Um, I do think you do this. It's a younger team. A lot of these guys aren't used to the demands of a long NFL season. The goal is that you're going to play for another month from that week 18 game on. You're going to ha- host a playoff game. So I would sit those guys in. So you use it as already, a bye week
1: pretty much. Yeah. Like a late season already, bye
0: week Yeah. Yeah. And we've already heard Peterson. You, you, you nailed on it. We've already seen Peterson do it in another situation. I think he should do it again here. Rams and Chargers, Zach. Is Baker Mayfield going to be some team starting quarterback next
1: year? I think he will have an opportunity to compete for a starting job. And then the question just becomes, how good is the guy that he's competing with? So, just if you're bringing in Baker Mayfield, he's going to be starting starting some games next year in the NFL. Will he be successful? That's a whole different conversation. I'm not believing that Baker Mayfield's going to be this super duper successful quarterback, but I do think he'll be starting somewhere because you know it and I know it. There's a lot of teams that need help at the quarterback position. So, do you think he's back with the Rams? I'm going to say no because Stafford said on his wife's podcast that he is going to be coming back and he's not going to be retiring. So I do think next year Stafford is, um, is starting, obviously, for the Rams and then Mayfield just because his ego may not say, hey, maybe I should just wait this out, see if this guy gets hurt again, and his desire to go start again in this league will go somewhere else. Because you can make the case, Mayfield, even though he didn't like what happened and he felt like he was slighted by the Browns, could make the case he would have put himself in a better position before the Rams job, which he could have never predicted he would have wound up there. That Mayfield should have just stayed with the Browns and played for 11, 12 games, and at least he would have known everyone in that that organization in the system instead of going to Carolina in a month and trying to think he would turn things around. So I don't like him for either New York franchise because I just don't think that's
0: a good situation for him in New York City in that cauldron. I just Agreed. don't. I can't see him there. If if one of jo- if Josh McDaniel's master plan in Vegas oh, geez. is to jettison Derek Carr <laughs> and bring in Baker Mayfield and you're Mark Davis and you are told this, what is your reaction to it? I would say, Josh, you're fired. But if his point is, instead of paying Derek Carr 30 million let's pay Baker Mayfield 15 million and I think I can get the same production or better you still you still
1: feel that way if he is that adamant I would say to him I would put a a, uh, an expectation out there then you have to make the playoffs and if you don't make the playoffs then I'm firing you
0: because I think he's gonna end up there. That's my prediction. I think Baker
1: Mayfield will be Could Vegas. Could you imagine his. Baker in Vegas? Like you talked about New York, I wouldn't be a fit in, and I, I agree. But, but I don't but I don't in
0: think but I don't think his issue is like, like parting Wilson, in the yeah. yeah. I think it's more he's so thin skinned and it's media coverage related. Okay. And I don't I don't think that is an issue in Vegas. That's fair. That's um fair. I think Mayfield I honestly think he's going to either end up with New England or with Vegas. I think both of those coaches, I think Belichick and McDaniels like the guy. But I don't, I thought that we said on this podcast like a month ago, I thought the guy was going to go work in TV after this year. So oh, really? I don't have a very high opinion of him. As a quarterback, I think what would be best for him long-term would just stay in L.A. and back up Stafford for a year or two and just wait my turn. But I think there's actually a a disproportionate amount of coaches who actually think if they got their hands on Mayfield, they could turn him into a successful quarterback.
1: Well, let me throw two more at you. And one continues on the New England lineage. Is Houston with the Texans, an opportunity. And I don't know who's going to be their coach next year. What about Arizona now with Kyler Murray being out for what you would think would be a bare minimum half the season with the Cardinals? Okay, so
0: I think that Jacoby Brissett will be Houston's starting quarterback because of the Casario connection and everyone raves about him being such a great guy. And you're going to be drafting some with the number one overall I think he'll be the bridge. And then I think – what was the other one you said? Arizona. I think Arizona operates in its own bubble, and I think they'll run it back with everybody next year. And they'll just say we were the most injured team in the NFC and we want to give this entire team a second chance. more, If they were in Philadelphia or New York or Boston oh, – I'd be crushed. They would not be allowed to do that, but I think they will out in Phoenix.
1: I do. So three weeks ago, I I had the same exact take that they were going to make the excuses and say Hopkins was out the first six games of the season. Then you got Murray hurt at the end of the year, all bunch of of bull crap, but that's how they would excuse it for extending Kime and Kingsbury uh, through 2027. I know Kime's away from the team because of health reasons right now. Kingsbury just looks absolutely worn out on the sideline. He does. I He's think, aged in dog ears this year. He looks which, like me, which is wild. Um, Kingsbury, I think, gone. Kime, I think, is gone. And I also think DeAndre Hopkins is going to request a trade this offseason. Two years left in that contract. If you're them, you're not close. Why wouldn't you try to get some draft capital back for DeAndre Hopkins and blow this thing up? So.
0: Along those lines, to finish the podcast, the Cardinals and Falcons, the worst game of the weekend. (laughs) J.J. Watt announced that he's going to retire at the end of the year. Now, I have to give a couple of listeners to my show credit for this because I said J.J. Watt is one of the 10 best defensive players of all time. I was wrong. I think J.J. Watt is actually one of the most overrated players in NFL history. Why? Why? Because if you look at his year-by-year production, he had three incredible years. He had three unbelievable, like Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White-like years. And then he was so injury-plagued, and he's retiring at 33 years old, that if you actually do the old... Mike and the Mad Dog, year by year. Was this a Hall of Fame year? Yes or no? You really only come up with four great years from him, Zach. And I hear him talked about, and I made this mistake. Like he's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. It's Kurt Warner syndrome. Well, I think We, look, we I... look at when the guy was at his mm-hmm. best, and we latch on to that. And and it's really a disservice to any really good NFL player who consistently, year after year, maybe wasn't that good at their peak, but was
1: way more productive for a much longer period of time. Can't you say, though, that he was still one of the more dominant players in NFL history for the short sample size years where he was actually healthy? And then you could kind of get the best of both worlds in in your argument. I'm not saying that he's one of the top 10 greatest defensive players of all time.
0: I, I he understand. Is, he's one that,
1: of the more but, dominant players I've seen. I understand that. But the, and I made this mistake, mm-hmm. is that the
0: narrative around his retirement is that this is an all-time great defensive player who's stepping away. And he'll make the Hall of Fame because oh, yeah, the standards for the Hall of Fame are frankly not as high as maybe they should be. Well, do you think but, he shouldn't make the Hall of Fame? Guys, no, what? One hundred and eleven I'm, I'm sacks. Say, no, I'm I'm saying he probably should, okay. but I'm just saying, like I'll give you an example of a guy, for like, Demarcus um, Demarcus Ware, yeah, or Michael Strahan. I think most people would say, oh, JJ Watt's better than those guys. Well, not really. If you go year by year with the guy. His peak, or when he's at his best on his best day, Mm -hmm. he was one of the greatest defensive players of all time. But he is stepping away at 33 years old, which for a guy that plays defensive end or outside linebacker is relatively young.
1: No, yeah, you're not wrong on that. Um, I I understand what what you're saying, but he, he will be a Hall of Famer. I'm wondering though, now as we get into this conversation, and you know how short it is in terms of how many guys they allow in each and every year, I would I would still lean that he's a first ballot. I bet he famer. gets in. You know, he'll get in first ballot. He'll get in first ballot. Yeah, but I wonder if that's a a little bit uh, closer. All right, Zach, great job filling in for Danny.
0: You didn't get drunk on this podcast like he <laughs> did last time. So I think from that perse- from that perspective, you did a pretty good job. So thank you. You got it. Always great to be on. Rate, review, listen first in pod. Thanks for everybody. We'll talk again after these week 16 games.